0: You know the number one thing that women say they want in a man is no, not looks, and it's not money. Obviously, those things are great, but the number one thing women say they want in a man is a sense of humor. And guess what? I can help you with that because I teach men how to banter. Yeah, you can actually learn how to banter. So if you're having trouble getting dates or you're always left on read, women don't answer you online, you might have a problem with your banter. But good news for you, learning how to banter, especially with me, is actually really fun. And no one else really teaches you how to banter. So if you actually want women to start responding to you, and not only just responding, but engaging and enjoying and laughing with you, then I think you need to hit me up. That's Kristenandchill.com.
1: Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com chick. That's winggirlmethod.com chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, Then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon.
0: Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have John Shanahan on from thecavalier.com talking about why having your look together is so sexy and how to start getting it together if you don't really know where to. So keep listening. Welcome to the Ask Women Podcast. So glad you made it back. Why? Because you get to hang with just me, but not just me, me and our guest, because Marnie's not with us today, but that's okay. You guys have heard me hold down the fort before, and I'm going to do it again today with the co-founder of Strix, which is a male makeup brand, which we're going to get into, John Shanahan. Hey, John. Great to be here. So we met five months ago, six months ago, but it feels like five years ago because it was pre-COVID pre craziness
2: when we'd be in the same room together and getting on a plane
0: we were breathing right in each other's faces yeah crazy stuff so what has been going on with you since and then i want to get into this male makeup brand and then we'll get into male fashion and presentation and i actually also want to talk to you about being a throwback guy because to me you feel reminiscent of the 50s and the 60s kind of that John Hamm working in advertising vibe style minus like abuse. I don't know if I've never watched the show. Maybe he, I don't know if he abused his wife. But anyway, I want to get to that in a bit, but tell me what's been going on. How have you adjusted to everything in the world?
2: Well, I appreciate that because the reason I started a YouTube channel, Men's Style, was I was really into Mad Men. Ah. And so definitely applicable. But things this year have been, I feel very lucky. I work at my house. I work like I get to see my family every day. None of us got sick. I have friends who have lost people to COVID and uh, it's been very rough, but overall, very good. And we actually, between the time that we met back when we could be together in Atlanta and now, I mean, we rolled out our product into 2000 CVS stores, which was a huge lift. And another thing that like, we made the decision pre-pandemic and then we just worked through it this whole time. And so, you know, I feel lucky that we're a business that even, you know, we went through this and we're gonna come out stronger because. I have family that has small businesses around here and it's been really rough on the other side. And so all things considered, I feel very good.
0: Yeah, it's a weird time to keep a male makeup brand afloat in a sense because one, obviously, we don't know much about it. Two, who's leaving their houses to put on makeup, right? So this is a crazy time to launch a brand. But I know for guys listening right now, they're like, what is she talking about men's makeup? And when you had said it when we first met, I was like, what is this guy talking about? Men's makeup? You know, I just was thinking more along the lines of maybe some cross gender type of stuff, a little bit more edgy. But what it is that you make and that you co founded Strix is a super undercover, subtle men's makeup so that they can look their best and still masculine.
2: Right. And actually, yeah. you say about going outside, one of our biggest upticks actually is that guys are on Zoom all day looking at their own faces. Oh. Ah.
0: And you,
2: not only do you want to not know there's I'll a pimple on, on your face, but you got to see it too now. <laughs> and so we did see that shift. And beauty and self-care in general has been very resilient right now because it is one of the things you can do. Like I've done more face masks in the last six months than my entire life combined. But yeah, the, when we say men's, we say men's skincare and cosmetics because we're not doing color cosmetics like eyeshadow and eyeliner or lipstick were doing things that guys have used before, like some concealer or some tinted moisturizer. And the way that we've always tried to position it is this is the sort of thing that James Bond would carry with him to cover up the black eye from the fight that he got in.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Or the girlfriend who beat him up.
2: That's either one.
0: So when we met, I was blown away because I had told a story how my brother every now and then can get that pimple that just is glaring and he's uncomfortable with it. And he'd always carry around a little thing of foundation or cover up in his car or in his pocket to maybe just spot onto it. And he never knew, one, he didn't know how to apply it. So I could always see it. But two, he had to hide it and make sure that this was not discoverable to other people. And you blew me away because you took out what looked to be a nice pen that someone from Mad Men would carry. And it was Cover up. And it literally was so James Bondy and awesome that I wanted to like drop my pants. And then I was like, oh, he's married. Okay, I can't do that. But it was so cool. And it was like the perfect solution to something that my brother had been struggling with for a long time, like getting worried that he'd be caught with uh, makeup, like he got caught with wearing women's underwear or something.
2: Yeah. And we hear that a lot. A lot of guys have had that experience. Every guy, no matter what, has the experience where. There's a first date or is a big meeting or a wedding where they woke up and they had something on their face they didn't want there. And there's a smaller percentage of those guys that have actually either asked their wife or girlfriend to cover it up for them or, you know, a friend. And then they've used a the product before. There's a very small sliver of guys that like do carry this on a regular basis, but even those guys don't want to talk about it. And so our approach was, what if we made these from the ground up, formulated, packaged, designed and marketed to guys so that they could get the results that they want? but still feel comfortable to carry it around all the time. And that's how we're building out our product line now.
0: Yeah. So what does a guy do? This is kind of an inconsequential question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What does a guy do if someone at work's like, hey, can I borrow a pen? And he's like, sure. And then he's like, oh shit, that's my cover up.
2: I think that's an easy way to break the conversation. It's like, Whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what is this? I mean, it's <laughs> cool. And actually when the design of this started, we had this, it's like a chisel design to open it up. And now people say it looks like a vape, but this was before vapes were huge. And so like, even now it could be mistaken for a pen or a vape. And I think that is the way that this will spread. Like I know when my wife finds something that she loves, she will tell every woman who will listen, if it's a bra or if it's a makeup or something, she'll tell everybody that will listen. But this, I think spreads more on a one-to-one basis where a guy would say, Hey, I see you have this thing. Like, let me tell you about this concealer that I use. I think that's how it will spread not necessarily be blasted out. Like when I learned about Dollar Shave Club, I think I told every single guy I know that shaves, I was like, this is amazing. You got to try it. But I don't think that's how this spreads.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still under the covers kind of conversation in a sense. Like it's a little private. It's not as easy to broach because we all know shaving is something that we do. So, what have you seen in terms of usage? So, like, basically, my question would be if a guy's going on a date, is it safe to put something like this on? Is he going to apply it right? Because, like I said, with my brother, he would maybe put on the wrong shade and I could see or it'd be like a blotch over the pimple. How do you guys put this on so that they're not screaming to the world they're wearing it?
2: Yeah. So we took that in because with the formulation, we took that into consideration because you need it to be easy to apply. We don't want additional sponges or brushes or any sort of tools. Like We want the guys to be able to do this in a few seconds. And the the main use cases that guys have told us that they use it for is like dark under eye circles, razor burn, pimples, and then just like redness and uneven skin tones. And so when we formulated it, we wanted we took into account men's skin, which is thicker and oilier than women's skin. And so we wanted it to be able to stay on the face, but be imperceptible. I just shot a video where I put on a full face of our tinted moisturizer and went for a 5K run and it stayed on my face. And like, I know- That
0: means you weren't running hard enough. You're a lazy bum.
2: I was sweaty. I, and I know mm-hmm. there's women's makeup that doesn't stay on as well. And yeah. so- not only are we fighting a stigma around the idea of men's cosmetics, but we also have a huge education hurdle to get over. And so that's another thing. My background is in YouTube videos. And so that is my main goal is to create a video for all of the use cases around the concealer to show guys how quick and easy it is to make sure they're doing it correctly. Because like my wife will watch beauty tutorials all day long and guys just aren't going to do that. But if there's something that they're dealing with, I think they'll spend three minutes actually... A woman in the cosmetics industry told me once that if women can learn to contour on YouTube, men can learn to put concealer on a pit bull.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't want to insult them. They can. If they can learn math in school, you can learn this. Yeah. Okay, so who's using it? What have you seen sales-wise and stuff?
2: We actually, we found that over 30% of our customers are over the age of 50. And so we're finding like wow. there's different use cases by age bracket. The consistent thread line across all of our customers is that they're guys that are somewhat style conscious and they're usually in some sort of customer facing role. So the younger guys are baristas or bartenders or in some sales role. And then the older guys are in real estate or law or somewhere where they are like style conscious. And then a lot of our customers we've talked to, they go outdoors a lot, they hike a lot, they go to the gym, like they're guys that care about their appearance to a degree. And this is like the next logical step. It's like, for me, I got into suiting because of Mad Men and then I was getting my haircut because I like the Mad Men haircuts, but then my face was all broken out and I was like, oh, I can just ignore that. And so now this is like the next step of that. It's like, you got your suit and your clothing kind of locked down, you start to get your hair cut, but then you have these, you know, you're breaking out because you're not washing your face right. And so let's get that fixed too.
0: Yeah. I've always felt bad for guys in that sense where you guys just kind of, you are, like you are what you are. Whereas women can do so many different dances with makeup or hairstyles or whatever to give themselves a different look. And so when we wake up in the morning, we leave the door, someone else, you guys wake up and leave the door as who you are, which could be a good thing and could be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So my heart goes out to, to dudes, basically.
2: That's what's crazy about weddings is my wife spent hundreds of dollars on makeup for like a makeup artist for the wedding. And guys are expected to wake up and put some gel in their hair and show up. And right. so the, the, on the picture, like the bride looks beautiful and she's glowing everything and the dude's just kind of there. <laughs> and it's like, if there's anything we can do to empower some guys to feel better and like, more confident on their wedding day, it's like, this is a very simple thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a simple thing that can possibly help their dating life because the show is essentially about dating and how to date well and how to get dates, et cetera. How can this help a dude with dates and confidence?
2: I don't think women really wear makeup for other people necessarily. I think they do it for themselves. And it's like, that's how we feel about this too. It's like For me, I feel distracted when I know I have a huge pimple on my face and I'm trying to talk to somebody because they, they might not be hearing my message. They're paying attention to something else. And so for me, and like the reason that I started using this very early on was I was like, I feel better and I feel more in the game when I feel more confident. So that's a huge degree to this. And so if it's a first date, and you're feeling nervous already, and like you get your clothes together and everything else, but then you're broken out because you're stressed, then this can help to cover that up and make you feel better. There is that hurdle. I mean, you can test this out now on Zoom and like just get the the routine down and make sure it looks good because when you go out in real life, it's like it's gonna be the real thing. And so this can help because it can help you be more confident and also look your best too. Because I think I've talked to John Galfano about this from 40 over fashion. It's like if you just put in a little bit of effort to your appearance you're going to be way ahead of most guys. And so that's a huge leg up when you're trying to date.
0: Yeah, right. The amount of effort that goes into that huge leg up is so little. Right. Like the standards are so low for that leg up.
2: Just listening to this podcast puts you 10% (laughs) ahead.
0: Like I said, standards very low. So you just were saying, you know, give you more confidence, la la la. And it presents you in the best light when you do something like that. And it's the same idea. This to me has a similar vibe as putting your best foot forward in your dating profiles. I make guys dating profiles and I make them over or I make them from scratch. And I understand why they don't see these flaws in themselves. And I don't want people to see the flaws in themselves. But to look at yourself in that Zoom mirror, the way that guys have and that you've been saying, will really wake you up to how to present yourself in the best light possible. So when I do profiles for guys, I do super, super subtle, very, very tasteful tweaking with a little Photoshop being that I will cover a pimple or take away a little redness in their skin, stuff like that. And so essentially what this is, is kind of applying what someone would do with Photoshop in a very subtle way to in-person. And if you do present yourself with your best foot forward, you get more responses. And so I think when you present yourself obviously in person you'll get more responses as well.
2: Yeah, this is like pre-Photoshop before uh, you can digitally do it. And the thing is too, like all the pictures you're using, guys have never been on camera so much. It's like with Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok, like people have never been more on camera. And so this is an easy way to make sure you're ready for whatever picture if you want to use that in the future too. Yeah, If you're in a wedding as a groomsman, that's some of the best pictures you might have of yourself and you want to make sure you're looking good.
0: Yeah. I always kind of joke that Photoshop or like Facetune is basically just picking up on God's slack. like Where he went wrong, Photoshop can come in and finish the job.
2: Or where your routine went wrong. I mean, I ate a donut this weekend and I'm all busted out.
0: Well, I mean, it's a myth. When you're a teenager, people are like, you don't get zits when you're an adult. It's just a puberty thing. And then all of a sudden you're 35, 45, 55, and you're still getting zits. And it's like, you all lied to me.
2: I wish someone told me that as a teenager because I literally hung my hat on the fact that when I finished college, I would stop having bad skin.
0: Yes. And then it never comes to fruition. And so here we are with Strix, right? So people can buy this in CVS. I feel like I'm doing a pitch for the product. I'm really not. I just am very fascinated with this whole idea and the fact that it has even made it into a commercial establishment.
2: Yeah. Well, I think when you said about how does it help in your dating life, I think if you can tell me if I'm wrong, but if a guy were to show a woman that he's confident enough to wear some concealer, I think it could help. It's like if you show that you're put together enough that you're gonna invest in yourself and you're gonna do that, I think it can help overall. Maybe don't pull it out on the first date, but I I also don't think <laughs> it or would be it. a showstopper for most people to say, like, oh yeah, I use a little bit of this, I use a little bit of that, and it's not gonna be a major break.
0: Yeah, it's actually kind of an equivalent to self-deprecating humor, which I recommend when I teach dudes how to banter. Like if you just use the right amount of self-deprecation, it shows self-esteem. It's like if you're willing to show that you're vulnerable and to show weaknesses, just like showing that you may have used a little cover-up to cover up a zit, that speaks loudly of self-confidence. Because a guy who doesn't have self-confidence would hide that shit, would be ashamed, would not self-deprecate because he's trying to overcompensate. So... It's the same idea. Yeah.
2: And that's what we're trying to get over with products that are a little bit more masculine so that guys don't feel that level of it. And so that's a huge one because there's a lot of concealers that are like pink and sparkly and I wouldn't feel comfortable carrying that. And I'm very confident in my masculinity.
0: Honestly, I don't even feel comfortable carrying that. And I love makeup. Yeah. When I take my makeup with me places, I get really embarrassed. And I actually had a lipstick and an eyeliner in my back pocket recently. And a guy that I'm seeing said, oh, you have makeup in your back pocket so sticking out because they're both long. Even though I'm a girl, I was kind of semi-embarrassed. You know, it's like the girly packaging and I'm showing like, oh, I need to look pretty for you, da-da-da. So it's not... I mean, obviously, women have it way easier in terms of a makeup stigma. There's no makeup stigma with women, really, unless you wear the same amount as the Kardashians or something. But there's still like a little bit of like, oh, he might know, he might find me out that I'm not naturally this voluptuous in the lips or something. So it's a relatable type of thing, obviously, on different levels. But I'm going to end this little, I feel like, sales pitch that I just did for you. You're welcome, by the way.
2: <laughs> that's, that's great. I found if you do something exciting like this, like it's exciting to talk about. I mean It is. It's I, so I think different. that's what it is.
0: Yeah, it's so different. And so on that note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about men's fashion, but also being a throwback man and what that even means. So keep listening. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod flirty and you'll find out all about it.
0: Hey guys, we're back and uh, John is just smiling so bright and so handsomely. Do you whiten your teeth?
2: I did around my wedding and that was the first time. And actually, my wife like did it with me. And so I was there. But uh, yeah, I used one of the guys at Influential. He has a company that does whitening that helps. My teeth are so sensitive that I couldn't use the crest stuff, but this stuff is Ollie and it works really well for sensitive teeth.
0: Well, it looks like it worked well. Yeah, it's holding up pretty good. Mine, I, I need
2: braces. Be... I took braces out too early and my teeth are all messed up. Uh, probably my biggest insecurity is my teeth.
0: All right. Well, now you got to start a, a braces company.
2: Yeah, like Invisalign, but for men. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. to Like pick up at the store. All right. So when we met, we were in Atlanta at this men's conference, and Marnie and I talked about this a few months ago. How dazzling the guys were dressed, and it felt like a dream to walk into a room of I don't know 150 men all dressed like James Bond. It was genuinely magical, and you stood out one because you're like 11 feet tall. Six four. <laughs> Six four. I'm great with numbers. But the other reason was because you had this really cool plaid suit on that looked so vintage and so awesome. And then I saw a picture of you from that day where you had like pulled your pants down during a presentation. I did do that, you, yeah. And you had like a male garter belt type of thing or something. hmm Tell me about that and then we'll get into more realistic outfits. <laughs> <for dudes. laughs>
2: I think, no, re- talking about realism, if you are a guy that tucks his shirt in every day and you're not wearing shirt tail garters... You're doing something wrong. Yeah. What is that? Shirt tail garters, they attach to the bottom of your shirt. And then there's an elastic band that then attaches to your socks. Right. And right. it creates tension between your shirt and your socks so that your shirt stays tucked in all day. It's, it was traditionally used in the military. Guys in the military wear these, but then you can get them from fashion companies now, not a lot of fashion.
0: Yeah. You know, in the military, that is a risk. Bombs and shirts coming untucked. That is both very, very, very. Very scary stuff.
2: Yeah, well, in a military, appearance is important. You want to look clean, especially. You
0: my joke, but I'm gonna let you miss my joke. Oh. I know you coughed.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I said
0: uh, too. I'm gonna repeat it. First. Yeah, bombs,
2: bombs, and uh, untucked yeah. shirts. Yeah, But yeah. In the military, that's where appearance is very important. You want your beeline to be straight. You want to be clean and tucked in when you're not in the war zone. <laughs> but for guys in an everyday basis, like for me, a big turning point was when I realized, like, I would just walk around. I'm a slimmer guy. Like, I don't really have a butt or anything. And I would walk around all day just tucking in my shirt because it drove me crazy because mm-hmm. I, I want to look like I'm put together. And the shirt toe garters help. And so anytime I like dress up or like I'm wearing a dress shirt, I'm wearing the shirt toe garters because no one even needs to know. You just look really good.
0: Where does someone buy something like that in 2020? Obviously Amazon or something, but...
2: Amazon has them. The company that I really like is called Sharp and Dapper. They're all like handmade in London and they're only like $22 or something. And you only need one pair forever. It's like, it's not something you need to like, get multiple colors on or anything and they last for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'd maybe need two if you wore them around your crotch, like underwear, but that's not going to happen. No. Yeah. So we're good. We're good with one. And the word you just used, dapper, that's the key. Yes. Everything that you were wearing and that garter thing is dapper. That's like the word that I feel like doesn't exist anymore. There's no real dapperness, at least in the everyday world that I'm in, you exist within this men's fashion world. So I feel like you're living in this fairy tale world where like everyone dresses nice and know how to present themselves. Whereas I'm living in I don't know, slum world, even I'm in shorts and, world. Yeah. And it's so depressing. And I just wish that guys could wrap their heads around the word dapper and how sexy it is. And I'll say this about the nineteen forties or other eras. Dudes must have gotten laid so much easier because they always fucking looked great. That's why the secretaries always went home with the boss. Yes, because they looked amazing. And I know women can step up their game too. But from a female vantage point, when a guy is dressed dapperly, I am going to sound so cheesy and I'm glad I never listened to these shows back because I just scratched my ears out. But it's like orgasmic-ish Yeah, for a guy to be dressed. It's the
2: like. reason I stood out in a crowd of other dapper guys.
0: Yes, really. No, I mean, it's just, I can't emphasize it enough and I feel like I am making my point. So what can a guy do to maybe add some dapperness into his wardrobe without looking like he's trying to look like Bagger Vance or something?
2: Yeah, that is, it's a very delicate line because a lot of guys, when they want, they think that dressing better equals suit and that's not always the case. Like a dapper look could just be like a nice button down shirt tucked in and dark jeans and brown shoes. It's like, that's a dapper look, but you're also not going too above and beyond. Because like, I know that at that conference, guys are going to wear suits and they're going to look like that is a very peacocking type of event. So a suit is great. But like, I live in Pittsburgh, which is generally voted one of the worst dressed cities in the country. (laughs) And I know if I go out in a suit, people look at me and they're like, where's this dude going? And so it's always very situation aware.
0: Pittsburgh got its name from being the pits. And I think they meant the pits of fashion.
2: Pits of fashion, (laughs) pits of things. But I mean, the main uniform here are Steelers jerseys or like athletic jerseys. And so when you wear a suit, you definitely stand out. And so uh, guys a lot of times will think like, I'm going to dress better, so I'm going to get a suit. But then they don't have a suit that fits well. And so you're actually like working against yourself there because you're just highlighting that you don't really know what's going on there. And that's where all these YouTube channels that we've talked about that are in this group, like there's so much good information out there now that you can really like educate yourself. It doesn't take a lot of time. But a way that a guy can just add a little bit more dabberness to their world, I think a great haircut is a very easy one. It's like you get your ears trimmed, your neck trimmed, and just put a little bit of gel in your hair. I mean, you can have a really good look and work with a barber. A barber can help you style it better and really figure out what your own one is because you don't want to just take David Beckham's haircut because... He's done a lot of different haircuts. <laughs> and then too, you know, when it comes to the suit, I'll see a lot of guys just try to like throw on every accessory they've ever read about. So they'll put on like a lapel pin and a tie and a matching pocket square. And like, that is also not dapper. That's trying too hard. Like there's ways to do it or like they'll wear bracelets and rings and all this other stuff. And it's like, that's also not it. It's about what is your own personal style and how do you really feel about that? So like the biggest way that a guy can really improve their style is just to get clothes that fit. It's like- yeah most cargo shorts don't fit which is why they don't look good on most guys
0: right which is why the word go is in there because they're trying to go just get rid of them go away (laughs)
2: yeah yeah we should it's still go away but if you just get like a pair of chino shorts that are the same length they don't have to be really short but if you get something that like just fits a little bit better I mean, that's the number one thing that most guys can do and they can do it within your own closet it's like if you have a pair of pants or trousers like in your closet just get them tailored and that's going to be $10 that's really well spent.
0: Yeah, tailoring is huge. And it's something that I didn't discover until a few years ago. And it always seemed like out of reach or it seemed like something people nowadays don't do. And once I discovered that people do get their clothes tailored, it opened up this whole world for me. I actually, this summer, took like five or six pieces to a local tailor. It was like 30 bucks, and it expanded my wardrobe in a sense because it was things that you can't wear unless they look really fitted and nice. And it's not just for women, it's for men. And the way I kind of try to articulate the look that guys should try to at least aim for a little bit when it comes to fit is to imagine 1980s suits versus like 1960s suits. 1980s, had a much bigger look. The shoulder pads were bigger. The fabric seemed a little looser. The fabric was more bunched in places. There's more pleating, things like that. So it had a looser, almost cheesier look. Whereas if you're looking at a suit from the Mad Men days, it almost seems like less fabric.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the fits were a lot more tailored. Like Even if you look at Sean Connery, who was Bond in the 60s, his suits would look perfect today. Right. There's really no difference. But that took 50, almost 60 years for that to come back. And so in the 80s, that suit would look dated and now the 80s looks really dated. And actually now, like the cutting edge of this stuff is pleats are kind of coming back, like a single pleat, not like they were in the 80s. Yes,
0: but that's like not entry-level fashion. Right, right. Right. So if a guy is kind of transitioning from cargo shorts into tailored suits, he can't go to the pleat route because he has not surpassed the first level. It's almost like a video game. Like you have to get past level one and two and three before you can get to pulling off the single pleat.
2: Right. Get your pleats on the third suit, not on the first suit.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a lot of exposing yourself to the right look. So it's like seeking out websites like yours, which is the Cavalier, going to these YouTube channels, going to like, I don't know, Esquire.com or, you know, just like kind of swimming, ironically, because you don't want to be swimming in your clothes, but swimming in the look. And then it seems like it eventually will click in a guy's head. They're like, oh, this is actually what you mean, how it should look.
2: It's the idea that you are the sum total of who surrounds you and what you spend your time doing. Yeah. it's like, if that becomes part of your diet and you're living in the dream fantasy world where everybody's dapper, which is, I live in that virtually because here, I don't really experience it on a day-to-day basis. But I mean, the groups where it's like all these guys dress well and it's inspiring and you take inspiration. So that's how I know that pleats are kind of coming back because you see it can happen there. But then just take a first step, which is just get a nice fitted suit.
0: Yeah. So what would you recommend if a guy was to go on a first date and he doesn't want to look like he's trying too hard, but he also wants to look put together and with it, what should he wear?
2: I don't know why more guys don't have just a pair of straight leg dark denim with like a pair of brown dress shoes is the wrong word, but like a pair of brown Oxfords. I think that look is so good. And then whatever you put on top is where you can really bring out the personality. Like, if you want to have something that's a little more colorful, then go for that. Or if you want to have something that's Understated, like a gray, just a button down, like Oxford shirt. I think that's a really good look. And if it's fitted, you're going to look really good. Like to me, that's when guys look their best is just like having something that they clearly, there's a little bit of intention behind it. It's not peacocking, but it also fits. It's like, that's an amazing look and it doesn't look like you're trying too hard. I think guys that go somewhere and they wear a tie right now, like, unless you're going to a very formal dinner for your first date, that's going to be a weird flag.
0: Yeah. What's your take on plaids? Because I have a big opinion on plaids and I'd love to hear yours. Me too. Mm -hmm.
2: It's the shorts, right? You see the shorts everywhere?
0: Oh yeah. No. Yes.
2: Mm -hmm. I have a lot of opinions on that one. Plaids are good for specific seasons. It's like plaid became all of a sudden, what, six years ago, plaid became like the easiest things for guys to put on and just have like a stylish type shirt. But even... To the discerning eye, you can see what a stylish plaid is versus a bad plaid. Yes. And you don't know that. About the difference. (laughs) You (laughs) don't know that until you're swimming in this group. You don't really know that. To a lot of guys, plaid is a plaid is a plaid. But to the discerning eye, you're like, that's a bad color for you, or it's not the right mix, or the pattern is too big, and it makes your proportions look weird. And so, yeah, I have a lot of uh, thoughts on... Like the plaid shorts, please burn those. Plaids (laughs) as like a dress thing, like maybe for a brunch in the fall. But if you're just wearing a plaid all year round, it's not right. Right. Let me hear yours.
0: So I have my passion is small plaid versus large plaid. If you're a guy who's, say, 50 plus, and maybe you're trying to skew younger, I recommend staying away from a small plaid. It adds a little bit of a dad vibe and a nerd vibe, especially if the plaid is small plaid in short sleeves. That's obviously like pocket protector kind of vibes. But I think a larger plaid is very sexy, if not done sloppily, and can add a little youngness to a guy who's, say, like 50, who doesn't want to age himself. But there's a way to do it without looking douchey because I do think a large plaid can eventually look douchey, like the bro would be wearing. What would your take be on wearing a larger plaid? We're getting super specific for our listeners who are not necessarily into fashion, but I think this will help them in the long run. How do you wear a larger plaid and still kind of have a good look and not just look like a lumberjack guy?
2: Yeah, I think you automatically get into that grouping with most plaids, but yeah, large plaids in particular. To me, the big thing though, as well, is when the collars are bad, because guys will get a plaid, they'll wash it a dozen times and the collars will flare or they'll be crinkly. And it's like, that right there is a big thing where it's like, you got to be careful with that sort of thing. And so I think a lot of patterns, especially if it's not specific to a season or a context is like, you got to be careful with most patterns. And I think it's funny that the plaids have just become this like universal one. But yeah, I wear big check plaids right now and I'm a younger guy, but the smaller plaids to me can be a little tricky depending on what you're trying to signal. Are you trying to signal that you're an older guy that wants to be younger or, or seems a little bit younger? I mean, You'd be careful there.
0: Yeah, I could see a a small plaid on you, say like under like a navy blue, cool fitted suit with one of those cotton looking ties or something. Really like a tailored silk knit tie. Yes, with mm-hmm. the, yes that what's it called? Silk knit. Silk knit tie with a tight plaid underneath. I think could look really cool. Maybe with like a silver tie clip or something like that. But generally, I don't think that most guys can pull off a small plaid. The reason I'm somewhat passionate about this is because. The guys that I do work with for profiles and bander coaching, we do sometimes get into style. And a lot of these guys have sent me pictures because I ask for new pictures. And all of a sudden, they'll think putting on a small plaid shirt makes them look like they're dressed up and ready for dinner. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, you look like you're dressed up and ready for a science experiment. <laughs> I
2: that think well, cool. we talked about the 101 thing, like a, an Oxford cotton button down in blue or gray is like, just do that. Yeah. It's as comfortable as a flannel, but it's neutral and it's going to work on almost everybody. And then if you want to get in, like there's some really soft pinks or white is in there, but it's like, just avoid patterns at first because if the pattern's too big, like this is what I ran into when I really started to pay attention to what I was wearing is like, when you shop at certain stores, like a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls, is they'll get last season stuff. And it's always like, the proportions are weird, the cut might be wrong or the colors are off. And like, I didn't realize that until I started like really paying attention to this stuff. And and that's where I got into the thing where I was like, just wearing whatever I could get for 20 bucks instead of being like, oh, if I get a little bit nicer of a thing, it's just going to fit better and it's going to look better. And yeah, I think plaids and gingham patterns and that sort of thing can be really tricky.
0: They can be. And also what can be super tricky right now, given COVID and also just the state of the economy and how we've switched over so much to online shopping... Where do guys shop? Like, where can you actually try things on? I mean, right now, I know in New York State, you can't go into a fitting room. But even if you could go into a fitting room, it feels like there's so few stores around. So where does an average guy get some really nice stuff?
2: There's a couple of services that do this well. And this is not a the sponsorship <laughs> associated yeah, yeah. with this. So actually, Amazon Prime did this for a little bit where you could build a wardrobe box And you could throw a bunch of items. Like as you were shopping, you'd say like, I want these six items, put them in a box. They'd ship them to you. You could try them on and ship them back really easily. And so I don't know if they still offer that. I tested it out a few years ago. But then another company that nailed this really well is Stitch Fix, where Stitch Fix, you can fill out a profile. You tell them the colors you like, your fit, and they'll ship you a box. You try it on and you just pay for what you keep. You send back what you don't want. And that one, you work one-on-one with a personal stylist. And you say like, I like this, or I don't like this, or this is what I'm going for. And they've expanded their line too. They do like suiting now, like tailored office clothing, and they do casual clothing. And so to me, the online hunt for clothes where I'm like, buy this from here and then return what I don't like, buy this from here, that's never really appealed to me. I do it because I do a lot of reviews on my channel. But like, I think I've been subscribed to Stitch Fix for three, almost four years because it just shows up. They know what I like at this point. It all fits me really well. And I also never found a lot of value in going to a mall and trying them on a bunch of clothes. Like,
0: Sorry not to cut you off, but if you're someone else, you don't know what you're even looking for, really, when you go to the mall.
2: You don't know what you're looking for. And most guys don't really fit into most clothing. Like I'm 6'4", I need tall clothing, and most stores don't carry that. So I know for me, like, I know there's a few brands I can go to, like Bonobos or... American Tall, where they have specifically tall, slim guy clothing.
0: But it seems like most fashions are always off. My dad is not super tall, but he's got really long limbs. So his arms are really long and his legs are really long. So he was always an XLT size. Right. And every Christmas, it's like turning Christmas into like Satan's holiday because it was such a nightmare trying to find him a gift. And so I default to just clothes because he has no hobbies whatsoever, except like making pizza. So I would try to find him shirts. And the only options would be what's the shirt where it's like you would wear it under a plaid. It almost looks like a lumberjack shirt. That's like a thermal. Oh, like Henley. Yeah. Henley. All I'd see were Henleys mm-hmm. and maybe like bubble vests. There was nothing available for him in a size that had any real like look to it at all. It was really hard to shop for him.
2: Yeah. Stitch Fix knows that if I get a shirt with a collar, I'm a medium tall. And it's like that size fits me all the time. Cause I need that's longer awesome. sleeves, I need longer body, but I need a slimmer torso. And that's also the thing too, with like the brand uh, DXL, they only have stuff for big guys. Right. They used to be Destination XL and it was only for like tall guys that are big. They didn't have tall guys that were slim. And so even that becomes a little bit right. tricky. And right. so brands are starting to really cater to that. The other thing too, is the cost of companies' custom clothing has come down considerably. Like for what J Crew used to cost, like 60 $70 for a button down shirt, you can get a custom shirt for that from some of these brands at the same price. And it's going to fit you way better. And it's going to be the same fabric. And so, like the company that I I recommend for a lot of starters is Woody's, where they have a fit guarantee. They have a curated selection of fabrics so you can't really mess up. And then once they get your fit right, you can just order whatever you want from them and it's going to fit perfectly every time, even if you're like, what, a buck 60, 6'4, some like tall and slim.
0: Yeah. Stop bragging, by the way.
2: I lost 30 pounds in quarantine. It's been like crushing me.
0: Wait a second. When I met you, you you weighed 30 pounds when we met.
2: I went through a, a program with a trainer to like bulk up and I had bulked to about a, almost 200 pounds. And now I'm down to like 162 because the gym has been closed and it's been. Holy uh, moly. Yeah. This is the great gains depression of 2020.
0: Yeah. I guess so. It's fine for me because I'm ugly with gains. I look like a man woman. So I'm fine with the lack of gains. But for you guys, I do feel super bad. But I know when people right now are listening, they're probably thinking like the stitch fix stuff and, all these tailored shirts sounds expensive, but even if it is, which I mean, you know more about the cost because you've actually invested in these things. I look at these things as like haircuts or like doing HTML for my website. I don't know how to do those things. So I pay someone to do them for me. And so I think guys who are hesitant to invest in something like Stitch Fix or these higher end... I mean, I don't even know higher end. I'm doing it in air quotes. Investing in them may sound a little bit intense, but It's like you need to sometimes have help. And I think this is help that's worth paying for the investment.
2: Yeah, like to me, going to the mall for two and a half to three hours and trying out a bunch of stuff and coming home with two things is like a waste of my time. But even with Stitch Fix, you're paying about what a mall brand would cost. I mean, for some of the shirts, you're going to pay $50 maybe. And they have like a $20 styling fee that you get applied to whatever you keep. And so it's actually, it's never been more affordable to not leave your house and to have stuff delivered to you. Which is very nice. And yeah, and like the custom shirts, like if you want a pair of nice chinos from anywhere, you're probably gonna spend about seventy dollars. I mean, unless you buy something on sale. And to get a custom pair of chinos is about seventy-five to eighty dollars. And so it's like that is the nice thing that right now that prices come down.
0: Yeah. But I I mean, I wanna talk real quick before we end about being an old school guy or the kind of throwback man. I'm nostalgic for the times when you could just go to a store and find like beautiful options and have tailors right there on site. Not that I was even alive for that era. I like pretend that I was. But I miss all that. I don't love the sterilization of the internet and having things ordered, but I think it's just like a necessary part of life at the moment. But that is my segue into talking about being this old school guy or this throwback man. And I don't even really know my question for it exactly, except like, why is it good? to kind of embrace the old sometimes.
2: Well, to me, that's actually the name of the cavalier. It's an old school German word for gentleman, cavalier with a K. Mm. And I learned that, that it's kind of a defunct word from what I understand in German. Like it's not really mm-hmm. a modern German word. And so my idea with it was to have that infusion of gentlemen, but to redefine it as like, what is a modern gentleman? Because you can't throw out everything that happened in the past, but you also can't bring it all forward. It's like when we were talking about the Mad Men era, it's like, those guys were successful and they dress well, but they were also emotionally and physically abusive. And right. a lot of them had alcohol problems. It's like, But they
0: looked great. So it doesn't look great.
2: And so it's like, what can you bring forward that is important in the learning from that? But then also how do you improve it by today's standards as well? And it's like, there's like gender equality wrapped up in that. And then there's like, there's so many things tied up in, in having that. And so, yeah, for me, it was inspired by Mad Men. But then it's like, yeah, as you watch the show, it's like, I want to be like Don Draper, but not, completely like Don Draper. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's like taking lessons from the past, what worked well, what didn't, what can you learn? Like I love like any nonfiction book. If you would have told me in high school to read a Abraham Lincoln biography that was (laughs) 44 hours on an audiobook, (laughs) I would have said, get the hell out of here, never, ever. Mm -hmm. But I like downloaded it and I was like, oh, I can't wait to listen to the Abraham Lincoln documentary. Mm -hmm. And like that whole thing is fascinating to me where like I was never enjoyed school at all as a bad student, but then I came out of school and like, I love to learn, It's just in a different way. And so, yeah, taking inspiration from the past can be very important. And taking style inspiration, because the other thing too, is if you copy style exactly, it's going to look wrong today. And so it's like what inspiration you take from the past, but put that modern twist on it and kind of evolve it a little bit and make it your own. I think all those things are are very important.
0: Yeah, it's about adapting. Mm -hmm. And I'm just surprised that more people don't do that. Looking back, what worked, what didn't, let's take what worked and move forward. And then whatever combination we have now we'll see what doesn't work again and then keep moving forward but that's not the way of the world because the way of the world is just lunatics so anyway on that note it was lovely talking to you about all things dapper including you because you're very dapper pleasure and so where can we watch your youtube videos and before you just say youtube obviously don't be a wise guy i know that is it the cavalier
2: on youtube the Cavalier with a K and then our Strix channel, I do videos on there as well. And so I do a lot of tutorials. That one, my goal is to do a lot more education just around skincare. And so it's like explaining to guys that you shouldn't put shampoo on your face so right. you can avoid breaking out and that sort of stuff. So right. any like grooming and skincare stuff is on the Strix side and then and the like fashion related and style is all on the Cavalier side.
0: Amazing. Well, it was so nice to see you again now. And I hope in six months from now you have your gains back because mm. you got some suits to fill out.
2: Actually, I grew out of my suits and now I fit them again because I oh, had so many custom ones before. <laughs> so it's like... It's, uh, yeah, save money. A yeah. Totally.
0: All right. Well, thanks for hanging out and answering all these questions. And if guys want to get in touch with you, go check John out on YouTube through Strix, which is S-T-R-Y-X or The Cavalier with a K. And speaking of a K, if you guys want banter, help, or new profiles that will get you a gajillion matches, go to Kristenandchill.com and you can hit me up there. Ask me any questions if you want. New shows come out every Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't download them individually. And share the show with a friend because if they're friends with you, they definitely need help. Just kidding. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week.